Yes, here we go. Here we go. Do it in Sonship Life coming back to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Good to see you all again. And uh, here we are alive and in the living, alive and in the living. We are in the living because our Jesus is alive today. I do have a title that he gave to me. He gave to me uh, the wee hours of the morning, and it really is, it really captures my heart. It really is, it really is the way of life for us Christians. It's the way of life for anyone who wants to know God, really. It is the way of the only way, the way of the way, the way of the truth, the way of life. It is the way of Jesus. And the title is Faith. Faith is fixed gaze on Jesus. Faith is fixed gaze on Jesus. And so this morning, he did an equal sign to me. And he read to me Hebrews 12, 1, 2, and verse 3. And he did an equal sign that it is the same as Hebrews 11, verse 1, 2, and 3. That what is in between the beginning of Hebrews 11, verse 1, 2, and 3, and, and, and the cover end being Hebrews 12, 1, 2, and 3, is really the meat of the sandwich. It is really a captioning of an expression of truth that only and solely can please God. Faith. And so let's read as he read it to me. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. And we start at verse 1 and, and then we'll go to Hebrews 11 and I'll give a, a point of explanation here. Therefore, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded, because we too are now part of the heroes of faith, because we too now walk life by faith, because we too now are like Gideon, because we too now are like David, conquering armies, because we too are now like Barak and Samson and Jephthah. And we are the more than conquerors of God. And because of it, therefore now we walk life as they walk life, beholding the only true God. Beholding the true expression of who our God is. The Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment, the logos, the entirety of who God is. A full expression and demonstration of the Godhead bodily. Jesus. And when we behold him in the volume of the book, Jesus, the word made flesh, we are beholding the living God. We are beholding reality divine. We are finding an escape out of the corruption that's found in the world called death and decay. That we can now be found in the living, alive with the one that we behold, the living Christ. Who is the living word? And so Hebrews 12. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded, we are surrounded. 
You are not alone today. You are surrounded. The very host of heaven, the very glory of God, those who have gone before us, the great cloud of witnesses, we are surrounded by a throng and a multitude of cheerleaders. We are surrounded by life himself. We move and have our being in him. Surrounded today we are. By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, because we are surrounded, because we live life as the heroes of faith, because we are more than a conqueror, we do this. We let go of the lower. We let go of every weight. We let go of the sin that so easily ensnares us. We let go of this carnality that we have for so long identified with the failures of the flesh let it go let it go and that's what I say Desi let it go run Desi and so I encourage you run brother run sister beholding fixing your gaze on the one the author of life the author of faith, the author of your life. Let us lay aside every weight. You see, you and I have to let it aside. You and I have to make a decision to just drop it, drop it. And this is truly the fight of faith. This is truly the bringing down of those strongholds. That are wanting to deny the knowledge of the resurrected king of glory. That we are now as he is. We're not beat up, broken and disgusted. We are above it all. We are from above. We are citizens of heaven. We are of God now. You and I in Christ are of God now. And so you're part of this family of God. Some, some have crossed over on the other side and are part of this great cloud of witnesses. But we, while here on earth, are running a race on assignment for the only true God. Not looking back, remembering Lot's wife, keeping our hand to the plow. Finding ourselves worthy to the call to follow him alone. And so we lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run, not waddle, not tarry somewhere. Run, run, strength, endurance. Divine breath has equipped you for this run. The Holy Spirit has gone and prepared the way. Jesus, the Word made flesh, has gone before you, behind the veil. That you be now called a child of God. And so, run, 
We are in a race. We are in a fight. We are in a war that we know has been conquered in Christ. That we know has been won in Christ. That we know it's a triumphant race in Christ because he's always leading me in triumph. When I follow him, the only true shepherd, the shepherd, the overseer of my soul, my great shepherd, I am only led in triumph. A forsaking of an old reality. A letting go of a captivity that I had in the flesh. That now I can lay it all down. That I can now shake it all off. No matter the snare. No matter the enticement. We're not caught like a little bunny rabbit. Crying for the heinous to come? Absolutely not. There is a call of victory. Jesus is alive. There is a call of dominion as he is, so am I. There is a life to be lived in him here now. On assignment. On a purpose that is from above. To demonstrate the very glory of the firstborn. To be conformed to the image of your master. Not to waddle and be found in the gossip dens of liars. But be found standing before your God. Running this race with endurance. The race that is set before us, it is set before us. You don't have to figure it out. It's already been set before us. Again, as I read and as I expound by the Spirit, these verses, keep in mind the title. Faith is, faith is, fixed gaze on Jesus. This is what it looks like to have a fixed gaze on Jesus, to walk by faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You want to know how to live by faith? Look on the author. Look on the completer of your faith. Look on Jesus. How? By beholding him as in a mirror. By being a doer of the word of God, not just a mere hearer and thus deceiving yourself because you got some sort of a form formula down pack, the one, two, three way of faith. Scrap it. Come back to this divine reality of the living Christ, of this word made flesh. What does James tell us? Well, I love James because there's a sternness of the spirit in James. I love that about James. In James, I believe it's chapter 1. It goes exactly with what I'm reading here in Hebrews. To lay it all down. To drop it. Lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily ensnares. Let me tell you what James says about that in James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness. 
This weight and this sin, it is filthiness. It's not a little cute, cute mesmerization. It's not a little tickle of your flesh. The Holy Spirit calls it filthiness. He says, lay it aside. Don't cry to God to lay it aside. For you picked it up, you drop it. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That sin that so easily ensnares overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls, to renew your mind, to bring forth a transformation, a conformity to Christ. But no, we want to live this filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and then we beg God to save our souls. When the word says, what does the word say? We got to lay it all down, lay it aside, and allow the meekness of truth to bring forth a transformation. And that looks like verse 22. Be doers of the word, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Not another message and another message, another message, another message. But you're holding on to filthiness. You're holding on to the sin that so easily ensnares. But you keep pressing play. Play the message. Play the message. How about we stop play on the old records? This overflow of wickedness. And then allow the word that is already in us to bring forth a conformity to Christ. Be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. That's the worst kind of deception, self-deception. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, because to whom much is given, much is required. How many messages have we heard on faith? Some write, some off. But when they come back to this reality of this living Christ, living faith, he can adjust it all. And we can allow by receiving with meekness the implanted word which is able to straighten everything and save our souls. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, he observes himself, goes away. All right, I had enough observation. I can now drop it. I can go away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks unto Jesus... A fixed gaze. A fixed gaze. A gaze of faith. The eyes of faith. The enlightenment of my heart with the understanding of divine reality. An unblindedness of spiritual sight to see him alone. He who looks into the perfect law. This is Jesus, the perfect law of liberty. He is the perfect law of liberty. And continues in it. 
and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one, this one will be blessed in what he does. Back to our text in Hebrews 12. Let's start in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to read verse 2 in the Strong's Concordance. The the NIV of that verse reads, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The Berean is the same. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The, the, back to the NIV, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the starter-upper. The one who's gone before us, the one who's pioneered this race, the one that ran the race and completed it by saying, it is finished. And the perfecter of faith, the new living of that sentence, we do this by keeping, keeping, by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Are you keeping your eyes on Jesus, the champion who, who initiates and perfects our faith? I want to be a champion in the world. Well, how? By imitating the champion who's gone before you. By beholding him as in a mirror. By fixing your gaze on this law of liberty. You are beholding the champion who's gone before you. And thus, this champion, Jesus, will only lead you in a triumphant champion, champion race. What does that look like? A great death to your outer man. What does that look like? It looks like a dropping of an old way. That so easily ensnared us. What does that look like? A forsaking of the old ways. That we were so comfortable with. But now we are to look unto Jesus, the English standard. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I want to see the Strong's concordance on this one. Let us fix our eyes. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So if I go to that first phrase, let us fix our gaze, is the Greek 872, a forel. And I love, I've, I've looked into this before, but I'll look at it again because this is what faith looks like. Faith is a looking, a fixing a gaze, a keeping of a gaze, a purposeful, oh, gaze unto Jesus, a looking unto him. 
and not departing and dropping your gaze and immediately forgetting what you have beheld. You see, when you take your gaze off of the champion, this law of liberty, Christ, what are you beholding? Failure. Failure. Downcastedness. Anything under him is down. I feel so down today. Well, yeah, our gaze went down. We slipped it. And some days are such a contending that I have to undergo to keep my gaze, to remember him alone, to magnify him alone, to see him alone. And that word, fixing our gaze, looking unto Jesus, it is actually to look away from all else. You've got to look away from all else. You've got to let go of the distractions. That's why we see it in James and also in Hebrews 12, that before he talks about the looking unto Jesus, it's a letting go. It's a letting aside of everything that ensnares us. But no, we don't want to do truth. We want to do psychology. We want to explain why we're so busted. We want to explain why we have a down day. We want to explain, don't you know? This is what the world tells me. That is idolatry. That is the overflow of wickedness. And if you want to live busted, and if you want to live broken up, and always in some sort of a deceptive chain and bondage, go ahead. It is really up to you, but I know you don't want to do that. I know that we as Christians know that there is a way that is far above the mire of the world. It is called the way of Christ. It is called the truth of the word of God. It is called love life. For he so loved me, he gave his son. So that I can now live because I have received him. So back to this word, looking unto Jesus, fixing our gaze on Jesus. It is, the usage is, I look away from something else to see distinctly. In order for us to see distinctly and with meekness receive this word of liberty, we have to look away from many things, many things, all the time. The chaos of this world, so many distractions destroying distractions to take my gaze and veer me down the lane of defeat the highway of destruction but no I am from above and the only one that I follow is my true shepherd I abide in the true vine I live life in him and through him and that looks like a forsaking of everything but him alone. This word is made of two phrases. Away from and see. 
In order for us to see, we've got to look away from everything else to clearly see him. Properly, this word is used looking away from all else to fix one's gaze upon. This is faith. This is the fight of faith. The fight of faith is not slugging it with your natural little arms, no matter how buff you are. The fight of faith is letting go of a reality that is real in the carnal world. To behold the reality of the only true God, divine reality, it is your choice today whether you live by faith beholding divine reality or you live down in the low realm and allow the enemy to haunt you and torment you with deception and false illusions and arguments that lead to nowhere but strifefulness. A zealot for God. I want to be a zealot for God. I want to live life before him. Because not before too long should Jesus stare and I go by the way of the grave and I live another, I don't know, a hundred years. I'm not limiting my life on earth. And it goes just like that. Just like that. I'll stand face to face with my master. And there's one thing I want to hear from him. Well done, good and faithful, faithful, faithful servant. That I let go of every other mesmerizing sight to behold him. And so now that we broke down this Hebrews 12, let's go to Hebrews 11. Now faith is. Now faith is. So we, we said this title was Faith is Fixed Gaze on Jesus. Hebrews 11, 1 reads, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which were visible. So now we can understand that now faith is substance and now faith is evidence. Who is our substance and who is our evidence? The Word made flesh, Jesus. When I behold this Word, and as Roman tells me, that our faith comes through the hearing and the hearing and the hearing and the hearing of the Word of God. The beholding as in a mirror, a transformation to be attained to in life. Here now is only through a hearing and a beholding. Fixing my gaze, fixing my gaze, fixing my gaze, fixing my gaze on the one who's gone before me. Lest I slumber and fold my little hands and say, come by ya, Jesus. If you want me free, set me free, Jesus. He has already set me free. 
In Christ, I am free indeed. In Christ, his word, his truth has set me free. For the purpose for me to do his bidding. Not to fool around in the world. And so now faith is the substance. Who is that? Jesus. Jesus is the substance. Didn't we just read that he is the author and the finisher of our faith? Therefore, he is the substance. He is the initiator of everything that we believe. He is the substance of things hoped for. He is the complete of that which we believe, of the substance. He alone in us does the work. And he is the evidence of things not seen. How can I have a confidence of eternal life that lives in me now? How can I have a confidence of the kingdom of God is not by observation of here, there, everywhere. But it's within me. How? Through the word of God that tells me so. How do I know he came and died for me? How do I know he loves me? Through the evidence of the word made flesh. And so you want to walk by faith? You want to be a hero of faith and your name be listed right here in chapter 11? Well, you are fixing your gaze. How do I fix my gaze, Desi? By letting go of what's mesmerizing you that is of the world. By letting go of the overflow of wickedness, of the pretense, by letting go of this weight of sin that so easily ensnares the outer man. By reckoning the outer man dead, yes indeed. I was meditating over the last little while. How not a single feeling of the outer man is to be trusted ever, never. How deceptive the outer man is in its senses to Christian reality. And without a fixing unto Jesus, we're sunk and done for. Because the intensity of the hour, the roar of the false lion has intensified. It's so for me not to hear the voice of a stranger, I have to know his voice and follow his voice alone. How do I follow his voice? By dwelling in him alone. By dwelling in the word. By dwelling in the true vine. By allowing him, the word, to think through you. For he alone is my substance, and he alone is my evidence, and through him alone, faith in him, do I obtain a good report with my heavenly Father. That's what verse 2 says. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. So how can we obtain a good testimony before this great cloud of witnesses? The way running this race. By walking and running by faith. Because in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith it is impossible to please him.
without fixing your gaze on Jesus, it is impossible to please your heavenly Father. How do I please God? What do I do for God? This is what you do. What you do for God is you lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares and what you do for God is you run with endurance the race set before you by fixing your gaze on him. Simple. But that is a death like no other. A focus of discipline that the word trains us in. Because back to Hebrews 11, verse 3, by faith, by beholding him, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, by faith, by fixing my gaze on him, we understand. That tells me there's no other understanding outside of the word of God if you want to live a life pleasing to God. A wholeness of life, a completeness in Christ, who is our head. Firmly holding on to the head, Jesus. How? By attending with our gaze. By attending to him with our hearing. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. Do you know the worlds were framed? By the one that upholds the universe with the word of his power. With the word of his power. Is this your reality or do you fool around with it? One moment you believe, next moment you deny him by the way you live. Mm-hmm. I speak to Desi Schneider as well. By the way, I think. But what has apprehended my gaze and my focus? By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. By the word of God. By the word of God. Do you think you're outside of this framing that the word wants to do? Or you want to be a rebel? And so today faith is a full submission to the framework of the word of God. Faith is a beholding of the one that laid down his life for you. That he, that he what did he do for us? For the joy that was set before us, before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross. Are you enduring this crucifixion of a cross that you're to bear daily? Of letting go of how you feel, of how you don't feel, of what you really want to do, what you don't want to do. I don't want to do this. A battle in our soul. A battle in our soul wages. Whether we follow him 
always stand in our carnal self and deny him. He is the finisher and he is the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is how we know that he saw reality that was framed by God alone. Despising the shame, enduring the cross, he fulfilled it. Why? If you go back to 11, end of verse 3, knowing then he knew it as we are to know it. The things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And so you live life before an invisible God. You live life before an invisible God who has framed and set a course of life before you to triumph mightily through you over every circumstance, over every stubborn inclination of your flesh. What is faith? Faith is substance. Faith is evidence. Jesus is our faith. Because the faith of the Son of God now lives in me. So all accolade of achievement and success of the spiritual journey we're on will go to the one whose faith we're living by. We'll go to the only true God. who chose to demonstrate a love of sacrifice. A communion with the cup of the blood of the new covenant. A communion we have with the body of the word made flesh. The very love of God. The very love of God propelled him and propels us. This is the joy that we live life before him. And so here we see that everything in this chapter 11 is truly what it looks like to live life by faith. Laying aside carnal mindsets, laying aside such as Father Abraham, the father of faith in, in verse Hebrews 11, 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Without a natural sight, he followed. Why? Because he knew the things which are seen were not made with the things which are visible. He went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. I don't know. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. Faith knows one thing. Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Well, then you know the way. You know the way. It looks like picking up that cross again. Yes, it does. So you can fully live. So you can fully live in the fullness of joy. For 
joy to pick you up and carry you through the hardest of moments. For joy to pick you up and uphold you before the very sight of the one that loves you. The one who's already pleased with you. That one. Your heavenly father. So you fear not. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign, as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city. He waited for the city, which was, which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Because what is visible is not made without which is seen. Let's go Romans 4, this faith walk that Abraham demonstrated before us. Beholding a substance and trusting an evidence. The evidence of resurrection. For he believed the one that raises the dead back to life. He is in the living. A righteousness of faith that we're going to grow up in. Uh, Romans 4, let's start with 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. Well, the word tells us he dwelt where? He received an inheritance, and by faith he dwelt in the land of promise. Dwelling together with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. By faith he dwelt. He did not know where he was going, but he beheld that city whose builder and architect is God. Jesus is our tabernacle that we dwell in now. That we are beholding him. That's who heaven is to me. Jesus. The one that radiates the brightness of the glory of heaven, Jesus. The true light. Hmm. Verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith. It is of faith. What does that look like? Fixing my gaze on Jesus. That's how I overcome by beholding the one who's overcome all. Therefore, it is of faith. It is of faith. Of this faith that we said I have substance and evidence. Jesus of faith. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. You want to live in the grace of God. Behold him. Behold him. So that the promise might be sure to all of the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. That is us, of the faith of Abraham. 
who is the father of us all, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Yes, that's what faith is. We just read it in Hebrews 11, 3. So the things which are seen were not made of things that are visible. We are running a race before a great cloud of witnesses. The unseen realm is beholding us. Verse 18, who, that's Abraham, because he believed the one who raises the dead back to life. Because he knew that that which appears is not so. There is a higher reality to life. And calling those things that be not as though they did exist, because they do, by faith. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Who contrary to hope, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Now that's radical faith expression. When it's all looking like it's dead, you believe for life. And you do see life. And you do see resurrection life. Because you see God, the resurrector of your life. The resurrector of your hope. Mm-mm-mm. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. In verse 19, this is what looks like running the race with endurance. This is what looks like obtaining a good report, a good testimony with your heavenly father. Not being weak in faith. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. What are you considering today? We talked about this fixed gaze on Jesus, looking unto Jesus. It is to look away from something so you can discern rightly the right thing. So you can, you can see him alone. So you can Fix your gaze with clarity to see distinctly him alone. And so Abraham did that. He did not consider, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver the promise of God, but he lived in it. He did not waver because he lived in it. You see, when you live in it, it's solid for you. When you stand on the rock, who is Jesus, the word of God, you're living in the word of God, you cannot waver because you're not taking your gaze away from that mirror of the eternal law of liberty, Christ himself. You're not a forgetful hearer, but you're an abider. You're a dweller in the tabernacle of God. 
in this new tabernacle of Christ's body, not made with the hands of flesh. So why do you want to camp and do things in the flesh? He did not waver the promise of God through unbelief because faith comes by residing in the word of God and it flushes and drives out fear, which is unbelief. Unbelief, it's not cute for you and I. It is fear. It is darkness. We don't play around with darkness. We cast it out. Bring down that stronghold of opposition in your mind. The buts and the ifs. I've not been good enough this week. It's not about you being good. It's about the goodness of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he was so kind towards us, Titus says. Is it Titus 3? Let's find Titus. How quickly can they find Titus here? <laughs> See me go, leave back and forth, back and forth. That's awesome. <laughs> Right before Hebrews, I believe. Let's see. Yeah. Titus 3. In 4. It's about his kindness, I said. And should you have lived a mess, drop it. We just read in Hebrews and also in James. Hebrews 12 and in James 1. Lay it aside. Lay it aside. Pick up the cross again of Christ. Pick up life again. Come out of the shadows and focus on his goodness, his kindness. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness can you earn this salvation, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, not having been justified, that having been, sorry, that having been justified by grace, by his grace, which means that you are now living by faith. Because we read what Paul said about faith, in 4.16, Romans, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. When you behold him, grace is working for you. And so our salvation is based on this abundance of grace. That has made us heirs according to the hope of eternal life. According to the hope of eternal life. He didn't waver the promises. But what happened? He was strengthened back to Romans 4, end of 20. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced, fully persuaded. Why fully persuaded? Because when you're looking unto him, when all you see is Jesus, you're in full persuasion. You see nothing else. When all you see, all you see is him. How can you not be persuaded by goodness and his kindness for you?
convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, he was accounted to him for righteousness. And so when we, when we put our gaze on the one who's run the race before us, Jesus, when we put our gaze on the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus, we are, we are, what did we just read here? It is being accounted to us for righteousness. We are living out the righteousness. This righteousness of faith. We're living out this justification that we now have of a pure conscience before God, washed by the blood of Christ. Because all we see is Him. All we see is this communion that we have with Him now through the power of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Spirit. So that we will know that we do have faith because we do have the substance of his body and the evidence of his blood that's crying out a better word than the blood of Abel. Because how did Abel obtain righteousness? By faith, Hebrews 11, 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And we today are living sacrifices for him. We're offering all of ourselves to him. Again and again and again, a continuous walk of worship. This is our reasonable service before God. This is how we worship him, by living life by faith, as a living sacrifice. And so just like Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. And so us too, though on the outer man we are dead, our inner man is renewed daily. So the Holy Spirit can speak this word of victory, this word of faith, this word of power, Ooh! this word to fix our gaze on Jesus alone. Amen. We're done for today. Thanks for joining me again. Dominion, sonship. Done.